That's right. A troop of monkeys. That's, that's cool. Right. Like, it reminds me of Donkey Kong, though. A barrel? Yeah. You think that's why they have barrels in Donkey Kong? I have no idea, but it kind of makes sense. So a group of monkeys is a barrel of monkeys or a monkey troop. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. What's your favorite term for another uh, group of animals? Uh, I like crows are known as a murder. Yeah, that's a, that's the best one. A murder of or I think a geese are a gaggle of geese. Um, no, the crow. You can't beat the crow. A murder of crows. A murder of crows is badass. That sounds. That sounds like it. Sounds like they're like they're just automatically like vicious and they just have like death on their mind. Uh-huh. I like that one. Have you seen them fuck with cats? No. Okay. A pa- is a pa- is our cats a pack of cats? Or is that just for dogs? I dog. I think dogs is just a litter, isn't it? Or is You're, it cats? Cats a litter. Cat okay. is a litter. You're right. A litter of no. I think a litter of puppies. I've heard of litter of puppies and heard of litter of kittens. But I think that applies to baby animals. Maybe. I have no idea. What about a school of fish? You like school of fish? That's pretty cool. A school of fish. All right, let's get started, Johnny. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another weekly installment of the Duo Sense Podcast. As always, I am your host, Andrew Roscoe. Joined by, I already said his name, but that's okay. It's it's I can still do the intro. Joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, always down for the cause and never down for the count, the unnecessary one, Johnny. Nailed it. Got it. What's up, I got guys? it. I got it. All right. How you doing, Johnny? I'm all right. Are you excited about today's episode? What's going on for today's episode? What do you have lined up for us? We have four stories four stories one two three four five six six stories it sound like i sound like the count from from the sesame street <laughs> six stories uh, uh, uh. let's see oh no you know what that's i counted the wrong one that's the anchor tab that's not a news story okay it's five stories i'm sorry five stories i counted the anchor tab as a as a news story that's wrong that's wrong all right let's get started johnny so Today we are talking, we're going to start off first with this article from PC Gamer. It says, Saint Row, Saints Row devs not backing down at, over reboot criticisms. And this article comes to us from Molly Taylor. Saints Row developer Volition told fans it's, quote, not backing down, end quote, over the reboot after the announcement trailer divided opinions. The reboot was announced at Gamescom this week waving goodbye to the former Third Street Saints in favor of a ragtag quartet of wannabe crime bosses. As VGC, that's Video Game Chronicle, reports, the trailer has a startling number of dislikes across various YouTube channels, often outweighing or closely matching the number of likes. Glancing at the Twitter replies to the game's announcement, and you'll be met with much of the same criticism. The Saints Row account decided to cheekily reply to one comment with a haters gonna hate gif. I always say, I always want to read it as gif, but gif is the right term. Before more seriously responding that the studio is, quote, not backing down on this game, end quote. And the developers, quote, get it, it's new, and it's a shock reaction to a reboot like no other, end quote. Uh, let's see, if anything is... Okay, the majority of outcry seems to be coming from the belief that the reboot doesn't retain the same, quote, feel as older Saint Row games, end quote. It makes sense in a way, while the series took a bit of time to find its identity, it grew into its own unique thing by the time Saints Row the Third released. But as studio developer development director Jim Boone told Press in an offhand preview, 
those games don't feel as appropriate in today's climate. Okay, that's what is that? That's interesting because I actually have not heard about this. Okay. I just knew people didn't like. I thought they didn't like the look of the game, like visually. Mm-hmm. Let me read more here. It says we love quote we love the old Saints Row games, but we are also but we also I'm sorry I'm not I can't read today, but we also recognize those games are of a time. He said. They made sense within that era, and we were able to do things that felt good back then. But that tone is not something that we feel like we want to do today, end quote. I personally like the trailer, and I'm stoked to see what a modern-day Saints Row can bring to the table. That's, of course, the author of this article speaking. I'm never a huge fan of CGI trailers that give no indication of actual gameplay, though. So I'll be excited to see if that still retains the old Saints Row tomfoolery. Saints Row launches February 25th, 2022 as an Epic Game Store exclusive. And that, again, was from Molly Taylor over at PC Gamer. Um, so my history with Saints Row as a series is minimal. I was always more of a GTA person over Saints Row. Exactly why I didn't play Saints Row, because I was too obsessed with Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Uh, Saints Row is definitely one of the, like the I, I I believe the first two games play it straight where they're kind of more serious. Yeah. And then third and fourth are definitely way more like out there. Yeah, I think you fight Satan in one of them. It gets fucking wild. I know for one of them you start off as the president of the United States uh-huh. during an alien invasion, and like your your whole gang is like your secret service kind of thing. Do you know? Because I forgot which one is the one I played, but it was called I think Get Out of Hell. Was that first? That's I think that's the DLC for as an expansion for, I think for uh, four or maybe for three. Yeah, I haven't played Saints Row in, in such a long time. You played Get Out of Hell though? I no no no. It's probably just the marketing getting to me, but I I haven't touched that game in a while. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting for. Um, I feel like at this point it makes sense to not back down because like you're like they have, if they have a trailer and all that stuff, it's like it's too late. It's too late to like walk walk it back, right? Mm-hmm. So to have to save face and be like, well, we're not backing down because yeah, it doesn't financially make sense to go back. Is yeah, this, they don't have a choice of product. This isn't know. like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, right? When everybody complained about how Sonic looked. Yeah. And like, okay, we'll we'll you know take a couple months and they went back and all they probably did was just change Sonic yeah. alone. And right? they favored them too. And a it worked a lot, yeah. right? The reviews for Sonic the Hedgehog were great. It's like, amazing. It was better than uh, Pikachu for a lot of people. For some people, I don't know about not for me. I but. prefer Pikachu. <laughs> but like, yeah, you can't do the same thing to like a video game. Like, you can't like the tone and everything that's already been developed for the game at this point. You can't just scrap that and start over, regardless of like backlash or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing about YouTube like dislikes outranking likes is really silly to me because the YouTube like the disliking videos really does nothing. It doesn't hurt them in any way. It's just more attention. Well, yeah, but it kind of gives them an idea of what direction they want to go into true like, fuck it's kind of like buy this yeah it's kind of like a poll right sort of in yeah, a way yeah, it's definitely a poll. but it doesn't it's it's too late you can't you're they're too close it comes out in february johnny that's like less than half a year from now have you seen the ratio no but it said that um for the most of the videos of the of the game's trailer the dislikes either match or outmatch the like ratio yeah when it first came out the dislike ratio the dislike was at 2000 and the like was like 2500 Mm-hmm. So pretty damn close. Now, since it's it's a news thing, it seems like it's it's matching according to the article. I want to read a, a quote here from the... There's a Twitter quote right here from mm-hmm. somebody who seems to be upset about the game. Uh, Gavinator6429, so this is in the article, says, If anything, I'm not a hater. 
I've been defending you guys since people called you a GTA clone, which wasn't true at all. Now I feel like I wasted my time defending you guys. As the boss once said, the Saints used to mean something. Only MF that seemed to remember that is me and Gat. And then Saints Row, the Twitter account for Saints Row responded, We are not backing down on this game. We get it. It's new and it's a shock reaction to a reboot like no other. The GIF was supposed to convey that. So the GIF is the haters going to hate thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it seems like most people are upset about the game because it doesn't feel like the older games. And I'm assuming that means like the satirical kind of like take rather than like, because you can't, you, they haven't played the game yet. So they're not talking about gameplay, right? They're talking about the feel or the look, no, the vibe. No, people are complaining about the gameplay at all. It seems like, well, they said the trailer was just super corny, just over the top shit. They wanted to go back to part one and two. A lot of people were saying, why don't you just fucking remake one and two? Um... I sent you a message on Instagram. Check that out real quick. Oh, was that the one? Because I saw it when I was in the restroom, and I was like, what is this? I was like, it, yeah. was, it was out of context. So I'm like, what did Johnny send me? And I forgot to ask. Uh, let's see, Johnny says, says, one of the questions, what uh, questions? What, that's like a New Yorker. One of the questions raised in the roundtable with the game's developers was that of cultural appropriation. The six people made available for interview were all middle-aged white men. Creating a game set in a region where a significant proportion of the population is Latino or Hispanic. Creative director Jim Boone said that diversity was important, and there was an explicit focus on making the team producing the game as diverse as the characters in it. Okay. That's... Okay. So what exactly does that mean for us, Johnny? Uh, it kind of feels like they're compromising a game, uh, something that was already canon. So this mm. idea of having everything, like I said before, which I fucking hate, where it's these rounded corners and padded corners. Let's go to another article about this. While you were talking, I was looking up because I wanted to see what the actual criticisms were. Mm -hmm. uh, this article comes from Den of Geek, which is uh, it's one of them. Another like kind of indie but more reputable sites. Uh, this article comes to us from Matthew Bird. The title says Saints Row fans are already calling reboot too quote woke end quote. Let's see what it says. Saints Row, Saint, Saints, Row, Saints Row debut trailer has divided series fans who aren't sure what to make of the franchise's new direction. I am curious because I'm not a big Saints Row guy, so I have no idea what this is about. So let me read this article real quick, okay? It's only been a couple of days since the Saints Row trailer debuted during the Gamescom opening night ceremony. But that's all the time it took for some of the franchise's fans to wage an online campaign against the title that's largely based on their belief that the upcoming reboot is too woke, hipster, and, ultimately, too different from the previous games in the series. It started on YouTube, where the reboot's debut trailer quickly garnered 22,000 dislikes versus 16,000 likes. So, Johnny, that you were asking me, now you have, like, an actual, like, yeah, statistic. It's, it's nice. As of the time of this writing, so it's probably more now. If you haven't watched that trailer yet, I highly recommend that you give it a look. And if you dare, check out the, if you dare, check out the comments below when you're done. Uh, let's see. There's certainly some variation in terms of the specific complaints people have about this trailer, but they tend to focus on the ways that this upcoming reboot will seemingly alter the theme and tone of the original Saints Row games. While some are simply upset that this ga upcoming game will seemingly abandon many of the series' famous characters and locations, the most vocal complaints so far tend to focus on the idea that the Saints Row reboot is aiming for the, quote, Gen Z, end quote, crowd by incorporating quote woke end quote characters quote hipster end quote themes 
and a more youthful and playful overall vibe that some say is at odds with the dark undertones of previous games and series. I get it now. Okay. Now I think I get it. Actually, it says a lot of the complaints so far a lot of the complaints so far tend to focus on the reboot's cast of characters. Some are calling them a forced attempt at diversity. Again, we'll get to that in a bit. But the most common criticisms so far revolve around the perception that they're cleaner, younger, hipper protagonists who somehow don't belong in a Saints Row game. Others just say that they don't seem to be particularly interesting. Okay. Now I have some context. So I'm looking at the picture. Okay, so I'm looking at the four characters. Okay, cool. cool. There appears to be a, I'm assuming, Hispanic woman. A male, uh, a black male who's kind of wearing like a tuxedo-y outfit. Um, a person who's a little more androgynous. I can't tell. It reminds me of Prince in a way. Where I'm like, I can't tell if that's a woman or a man. You can tell Prince is a guy. True, but androgynous. Well, because Prince will wear makeup and stuff, right? A little more androgynous. And then there's a guy who seems to be, I think, I'm not sure if he's Hispanic or Asian without a shirt on with, like, headphones on. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, the color palette of their clothing seems to be around, like, bluish purple. Did you see the helmet? There's a helmet? Stupid ass. Uh... I don't see a helmet anywhere. The guy, the... the guy without a helmet wears this big ass motorcycle helmet, but it's got the like emotes, like the digital emotes. Oh, like the guy from, um, like the guy from uh, Watch Dogs, right? Exactly. Watch Dogs Two, exactly. Yeah. Where he has like the di- uh, LEDs display face kind mm-hmm. of thing. But this one looks so fucking cheesy. Okay, I haven't seen. I don't see that in any of the imagery for this so far. Okay, so I can get it now. I get it now. So people are upset. I thought it was going to be because it was, like, the whole, like, diversity. I mean, that is part of it, right? People are upset about that diversity thing. That, to me... Because it's forced. It's not that they care. It's just... Well, I don't care. But it just seems so, like, down your throat type of shit. Okay. I understand, like, what they're talking about. Like, look at the characters. They look very much like Sim characters. Like, from The Sims. Yeah, but... very it's... Like, you were talking about earlier, the whole rounded, kind of more cartoony. Well, it's about diversity, but don't they all look the same? And fucking just generic? I, I think my favorite quote from one of the the only one that doesn't look the same is the black guy one of the fans said it looks like all these people spend their time on twitter <laughs> yes yes right? it does <laughs> okay I can definitely see that yeah. <laughs> yeah the kind of like the gen I say generation z kind of like clean cut not clean cut but kind of more like uh, preppy kind of uh, mm definitely very youthful looks right i think yeah because saints row is technically i remember the cover of saints row 2 and it's like very gritty very gang like affiliated mm-hmm. and this does seem a little more kind of preppy slash cartoony so i can i kind of get what they're saying that diversity yeah, but it's weird seeing these college students on all of a sudden they're like doing gang activity type well shit, right? from what i understand i didn't read it here but i read it somewhere else that they're aspiring wannabe criminals so they're not even there yet i'm assuming by the end of the game maybe like they become legit it could be like Breaking Bad, you know, where like you start off as like the high school teacher who's like needs cash, mm. and then by the end of the series he's like a vicious drug lord, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the kind of thing they're going for here. Um, the the complaints about it being woke or like that they're going for a diversity that doesn't that I mean that doesn't seem like a big deal to me personally, just because I'm more of like what's the gameplay like, and but the tone the vibe of a game is very important, like the art style, the art direction. And this does seem very like kind of like rounded in a way, where like well rounded, where it's like it doesn't have like that dark gritty or like I don't think it's gonna be very funny either kind of thing. Mm. Um, Johnny, would you mind connecting the charger? Yeah. 
So, because uh, I run my batteries. I mean, my laptop battery's about to die. And so, I don't know. I can't. I I have no horse in this. I have no dog in this uh, race, I think. Right? That's the term. I don't have a dog in this race. Horse. I think there's a horse. Okay, I don't have a horse in this race because I'm not, I'm not a Saints Row fan at all. So, this is kind of like on my periphery where I'm like, kind of just like, okay, that's interesting, but... I don't know. I don't have. I don't have the authority to really talk about this game. That said, I understand like not liking games when they completely change the tone of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what comes to mind is Banjo Kazooie. Back in the day, we got the Xbox 360 Banjo and Kazooie nuts and bolts, where the characters looked really, really weird. In like the, the art style, the art style was very like, I don't know. It was not like the kind of stuff I remember from Rare, where it looked like disproportionate like sized like bodies and like overly like goofy and not in a fun way so i i sympathize with saints row fans who are upset about the aesthetical changes in the characters don't sympathize too much with people who are upset about the woke part um because that to me is irrelevant i mean as long unless like it's a central part of like the story which i doubt but we'll see uh otherwise yeah, for me, it's kind of like a uh, moot point. Johnny, did you have any last thoughts before we move on to the next thing? Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, nope. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next story. And my computer is being very slow. Thank you. There you go. I think we have too many tabs open. It takes forever to load the next one. Uh, we're going to comicbook.com for this next story. Johnny, you're going you're to enjoy this one a little bit more. The Last of Us multiplayer game reveals new details in recent job listings. This article comes to us by Logan Moore, a name that I can pronounce. It's no secret that Naughty Dog has been working on a multiplayer game that is likely set within the world of The Last of Us. The studio first announced years ago that the planned multiplayer mode from The Last of Us Part 2 had outgrown the original vision that those ha- that those had at the company had in mind. That those at the company had in mind for it. I think it's a typo. In turn, the game was being reworked into something greater that would seemingly release in the future. And while we have yet to see what that new product might actually look like, Naughty Dog has now provided some new details on the game in a set of job listings. Recently, those at Naughty Dog put out a call to inform prospective developers that they're hiring for a number of new roles to work on this multiplayer title. Within these posts, the studio once again stressed that this will be a standalone product, meaning that it won't be tied to The Last of Us Part Two directly. This also this is also the first time that Naughty Dog has ever done such a thing. In the past, all of the multiplayer modes that were made by the company were attached to games that also featured a single-player component. I think that's because Jack and Daxter, Uncharted, they all had multiplayer modes that came with the game. Mm-hmm. So that lines up. Uh, embark on Naughty Dog's newest adventure, the studio's first standalone multiplayer game. We're seeking to bring the same level of ambition and quality of our signature story-driven games to this unique multiplayer project, said the description for one of the roles that the studio recently made available. This is a rare opportunity to make an impact in your discipline and craft an experience that will be enjoyed and shared by millions of players around the world. For the time being, it remains unknown when Naughty Dog and PlayStation might opt to lift the veal. Veil, I'm sorry, not the veal. The veal is like meat. Lift the veil on this project. Considering how long we have been hearing about this game, perhaps there is a chance that we could learn more before 2021 has come to a close. Regardless of what additional news might be emerging, we'll be sure to let you know here on comicbook.com. 
And so there you go. The article kind of ends right there. Johnny, what do you think about this? What are your, okay, so let me read some of the, there's a little listing here. Uh, let's see, for game design, they're looking for an associative gameplay scripter. So a scripter has to do with like the, uh, uh, not necessarily story, but the scripts about like executing scripts, right? Like, well, like what happens when you do this thing or that button. Gameplay scripter, multiplayer level, environment designer, monetization, economy designer. Okay, so sounds like there's going to be some kind of uh, monetization in this game, some kind of microtransactions. Because it says specifically monetization. So I'm assuming, the. do you think that means the game's going to be free and they're going to do like microtransactions? Or is the game going to cost money and still do microtransactions on top of that? I don't know, dude. I mean, if it sells, it, it can't be more than like 20 bucks. And if it's free, well, who knows what the microtransactions could be for well, that. Well, those are always going to be fucking high. Yeah. Skins are always pricey. Systems designer. Okay. And then for lighting and visual effects, the a visual effects artist. Okay, that makes sense. Programming. They're looking for an AI programmer, programmer, animation programmer, back-end programmer. Quality assurance. So that's like QA testing. Associate multiplayer quality assurance tester. And UI, UI scripter slash programmer. So that's kind of like another type of like artist for the user interface. Mm-hmm. Johnny, how do you feel? What do you? What are your thoughts about this? About their kind of? It seems like the fact that they're putting the call out for these things sounds like the game is further out than we originally thought. Yeah, that was the first impression I got when I when I saw this. But a lot of people have already made the point that maybe this is just the so the game continues because you know it's going to be a service. So maybe the game for the most part is complete, but they're hiring people for months ahead for the things that they're going to change okay that makes sense so it's kind of like additional so they expect for there to be growth and they're probably like trying to get a cut ahead of it right yeah okay i didn't think about that that makes actually kind of makes sense in a way so maybe the game the base game is very like bare bones maybe and they're kind of just trying to set up to like for expand they probably anticipate uh growth in the game so that kind of makes sense uh, I'm really, I'm kind As, of. Uh, what do you feel about the the open world thing though? I f- I really don't really feel like it's gonna be open world. Yeah, I didn't see that mentioned anywhere about open world. Yeah, well, I feel like if you're gonna dedicate an entire separate game to a multiplayer experience, I feel like it has to be ambitious and grandiose, more so than like factions was in the past or like the Uncharted multiplayer was. Well, I imagine it's gonna be expansive in the sense like multiple maps. Yeah, I think uh, the maps are going to be massive, dude. They're going to be giant fucking, like, wide linear type of maps. But I don't think it's going to be just one map that everybody jumps into. I was going to ask you, actually, because every Battle Royale that, that we play has a drop. So if The Last of Us had something like that, what do you think that would be like? Uh, well, first of all, I don't think it'll be a Battle Royale. I, Naughty Dog seems too individualistic. To, I think they're too, like... Not to say that doing battle royales are like cheap or anything, but I feel like Naughty Dog would want to like differentiate something going after that. I would hope so at least. If they did it, I'd be I'd be okay with it. It'd be interesting, yeah. Because I'm just thinking like what kind of skins there would be for like because a game like that, a battle royale lives and dies like on its like skins and like the constant flow of content, right? Uh, what was your question again? I forgot already. Oh, what would the drop be like? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like it would just be random. They just put you in a random location. I hope not, because I like when games let you decide where you start. Yeah, Especially a Battle Royale. That would 
feel so fucking weird. No, because people are used to like so doing... dropping off a fucking plane and jumping on a parachute and all that. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I imagine. I imagine it would be tied to kind of like the firefly stuff, hmm? like the fireflies. I imagine it'd be kind of tied like that, where it's like uh, I'm talking about like the story or scenario for the multiplayer mode. Okay. Like it could be like fireflies versus like like when we're in when we're in downtown um uh downtown Seattle. Yeah. We read a lot about the documents about like the the military and the fireflies like going against each other kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or no, I'm sorry, not not the fireflies though. The wolf, right? The WLF, right? Mm-hmm. They're like an offshoot of like the military, right? So maybe I think the factions. Oh, it's in the name of the game, right? Factions. It's gonna be like fireflies, wolf. Um, what were the what were the wood the whistlers ones again? What were they called? Do you remember? Oh man, uh... the ones that worship that lady. There's the scars. Scars. There you go. That's right. Yeah, that's the term. They call them scars. There's another name though for. There's it. another name for it, but that's fine enough. Scars is enough. Okay. So that would be a faction. I imagine like because you've mentioned this in the past when we've talked about. Every time we mention this game, you always talk about like seraphites. The seraphites. Thank you. That's a hard word to say. Thank you. In the past, you mentioned that when we talk about this topic, that you feel like the game it was being designed to be kind of like uh, so where each faction has like its own story kind of thing. Based off, like, you think the show is going to do, right? I think we're world building for the show. For right. The series, for the season. Or vice versa. It could be that the show's world building for this game, maybe. That could also be a, a possibility. Although it's it's separate, right? Because it's not part of The Last of Us 2, they said. No, I think so. So it could be, like, in between both games. It could be after. It could be before. No, this game is a future of, like, the lore of The Last of Us. Because oh, the series takes place before this all happened. Oh, okay. Was I mentioned the thing I read? Because I don't remember. I don't think so, no. Okay. Um, this sounds cool. I de- I'm definitely looking forward to it. As a huge Last of Us fan, I definitely want more Last of Us lore, especially because that world has so much potential for, like, what else is going on in the rest of the world with the what I'm really curi- What I'm really curious about is, yeah, how are they in- going to integrate? Because there's going to be multiple seasons, obviously, right? But how are they going to introduce new monsters into the game? So when they give you the, the lore, maybe you pick up a few documents here and there, or it's it's maybe a, a couple cutscenes they give you every couple of months. But I want to know how they introduce new monsters to this. Ideally, I would want that to be a separate mode thing. I want you don't want it in the multiplayer. I do, but I want a separate mode, multiplayer mode for that. Like kind of like a what do you call it when you they have like waves of enemies? Horde. Huh? Horde. Like a horde mode, yeah. Because if I was playing multiplayer where it's like player versus player, I wouldn't want to have to worry about monsters too at the same time. I would. Really? Yeah, because there'd be a faction on the other side, not the other side of the map, but across you, and then you see there's a clicker tied up to a chain. And you could just shoot the chain and release it into the building, right? Okay. Or you could also do the thing where like you do something to like lead the clickers in that direction kind of thing. Like, yeah. Kind of like, like what Days Gone, or... like Days Gone does, yeah. Yeah, like you throw pheromones at the buildings and then maybe like 10 clickers pop out and, and storm the building. Or you throw a brick or something loud or like a glass yeah, bottle. Yeah, yeah, That could be interesting. Okay, never mind. I come, I've kind of come around on this. I want to... Okay, give us three different modes. One that's a hybrid of oh, both. Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. One was just just human characters and one was just like... It's like, like a horde mode, like you said. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in this game. Um... That we yeah we still have no idea like the Last of Us came Last of Us two part two came out what early last year, at the start of the pandemic. Yeah, they gotta make it next gen only. That'll be a tough sell, but that's what I want. We'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens. 
Uh, I don't really have much more to say about this. I want it, I want it to be done well. I will definitely play it when it comes out. And I'm just curious. I'm thinking about the weapon types because like there's only like a handful of each. Like I'm thinking about The Last of Us Two, and like, I think there's only like one type of each weapon, right? There's that like was one a frustration type. Frustration of mine. There wasn't enough variety for weapons. There wasn't that much variety. So I'm wondering, will it be like you find your weapons on site? Do you have a loadout maybe ahead of time, like Call of Duty, or is I'm it... down for that. I don't want to fucking loot. You're tired of looting. Yeah, I'm so tired of looting. <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Moving on from The Last of Us, Johnny. Real quick, let's transition over to our third story. Whoops. I accidentally minimized it. There we go. Screen Rant brings us this article about a game that Johnny and I both saw that we thought looks awesome. It's called... I think it's Dokev, but it might be Dokev. It's spelled D-O-K-E and then capital V again. Everything we know about Dokev or Dokev. Dokev or Dokev. I'm just going to call it Dokev, okay? An open-world monster collector from the developer of Black Desert made a splash at Gamescom 2021. Here's what's known about the game so far. If you guys have not seen the trailer for this game, it looks absolutely gorgeous. It looks very cartoony and very, like, chibi and kiddish, but it looks so, so good. Dokev made a big splash at Gamescom's 2021 opening night's live ceremony, and when it did, it certainly left it certainly left viewers scratching their heads. Childlike avatars battled robots alongside monsters in a lush-looking open world, and the sheer variety of things being highlighted was almost overwhelming. It begged the question, what exactly is Doke V? I keep changing the name. Doke V. We're going to go with Doke V. <laughs> While Gamescom 2021 was likely the first time most viewers had heard or seen the game, Doke V actually was announced in 2019 as an MMO, but has since changed trajectory toward being an open-world adventure game, which, by the way, thank God, I think we have enough MMOs. Since then, tidbits about the game have been released, including a cinematic trailer, music, concept art, and more. But now that the game has an official gameplay trailer, fans can get a much better idea of what Doke V is all about, and why it could be something special if all of its various concepts do somehow come together. Doke V comes from Pearl Abyss, a South Korean game developer best known for the MMORPG Black Desert Online. That should perhaps give fans some idea of what to expect when it comes to how Doke V handles its world and interacting with other players. Pulling together information from the game's two primary trailers, as well as various pieces of information on the game's website and social media accounts, here's everything known about Doke V so far. Dogvi, as described by Pearl Abyss, is an upcoming creature-collecting open-world action-adventure that is set in a unique, vibrant world. That world, Pearl Abyss describes, looks to be a futuristic island city by the sea. I would think any island city would be by the sea, wouldn't it, Johnny? Right? <laughs> One filled with rolling hills, seaside getaways, and lush forests, Dogvi's setting is occupied by animal-like creatures known as Dokebi. Creatures which live side by side with humans in a way that doesn't sound all that different from Nintendo's Pokemon series. Dokebi are said to encourage people's are said to encourage people's dreams, which they draw strength from in return. As for why most of the human characters of Dokebi look to be children, that hasn't exactly been explained yet. Adults do appear to wander the streets in the gameplay trailer and could possibly act as NPCs, though the stars of the show are clearly the kids. When it comes to in-game activities, Doke V looks to be filled to the brim with stuff to do. The game's gameplay trailer shows characters riding on skateboards, driving jet skis, 
riding bicycles, rollerblading, gliding with umbrellas, dancing, fishing, flying kites, and more around its open world environment. And that's just activities outside the game's core gameplay, which looks to be combat against various hostile dokebi and robotic enemies whose purpose and motives are unknown. Players look to have a variety of tools to deal with enemies, ranging from ranged weapons like a bubble gun to melee weapons like a squeaky hammer that can grow to massive size. Friendly Dokebi players have col- collected. Okay, I'm sorry. Friendly Dokebi players have collected. Can okay. There's a typo here. Friendly Dokebis that are collected can help in battle and look to have unique abilities. And all the action is in real time, with players having to roll and jump to avoid enemy attacks. Uh, I'm going to read like a little bit more because I'm kind of getting tired of reading about it. Okay, it's almost done. So far, no concrete details on what Doke V might release or what platforms it might release on have been revealed. Though Gamescom 2021's future game show did confirm a release for PC and console in 2022. Developer Pearl Abyss' other upcoming game, Crimson Desert. That's the one, John. Do you remember that one, Crimson Desert? That's the one with like the that was like the medieval sword one that looks like really dope with the, like the dope castle. We saw it during uh, during Game Awards. Crimson Castle. Yeah, this was the one where like the action looked very choppy, like the frame rate was really low, but the game, but the visuals looked great. Totally cool. Dude, it was the one with the dragon. Remember, he's riding the dragon in the sky. Yeah, but I keep thinking of so many other games that have dragons in them. I can't. Okay, I don't think there's that many. Okay, it's the one we saw where like it looked really good, but then we saw the action and like, oh, the frame rate is really rough. Remember. There's like a medieval castle. The guy's riding the dragon around in the air, and the, the, the flying with the dragon looked really dope. Oh yes, yes. There I remember we go. This. Okay. That's the. That's what are you the, gonna say though? That oh, that's the game they're talking about. That's the other game that the same developer is making. Oh shit! All right. Which makes sense. So like visual like fidelity is their thing that they do. Uh, Crimson Desert is set to release for PC as well as Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, PlayStation Four, and PlayStation Five. I don't know how that's gonna run PlayStation Four. So it's possible that Doke V will take a similar route to release next year. Johnny, that's the end of the article. If you guys want to actually read that in case you forgot what I just said, or you just want to look at the pictures and the trailer, all of that is on the article on Screen Rant, written by Cameron Koch. So what's your take? This game looks gorgeous, Johnny. It looks right. so good. It looks so much fun. I, I'm so used to things being so dark and bleak in games right now. Yeah, I, I was a little bit... Well, I wasn't surprised. But I sent you a, a, a DM and you were like... I described it to you and you were like, fuck yeah. Like, I was surprised you were that into it. Yeah, I was, I'm very excited because I was like, oh, like you saw that? Like, yes, it looks awesome. Like, like it looks cartoony, but like this is like a Pixar kind of quality looking game. Well, like, I, I mentioned to you, this this is really how Pokemon should look. Absolutely. It was who was that? Who was talking about that? There was a podcast I was listening to where they're like, "Why does Nintendo having the resources it has and the money that Pokemon makes? Why do they continue to kind of just like phone it in when it comes to like mm-hmm. the visual aesthetics of Pokemon?" It feels like they give you the bare minimum. Dude. Because if you look at how Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield look very barren, yeah, compared to how they look, the game looks at Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon Snap looks gorgeous uh-huh. like there's like the sun rays the, the you see like the grains of sand on yeah. the switch like it, it's bright colorful and like everything that has like such high fidelity but then like the core pokemon games just usually look like trash for some reason this game's gonna be on nintendo right it just says pc and console uh 
I doubt it would be on Switch. I doubt it could run on no, Switch. No, I don't think it could run on it. But eventually, they might port it over to to Switch, and it'd be a trip if this game outperforms their Pokemon games. Oh. And then see if then they end up developing for Pokemon. The optics on that would look pretty bad on them, I think. If, like, it could run yeah. on Switch. Or, like, imagine a new Switch model, right, probably. Uh-huh. And then, like, the Pokemon still, the Pokemon games still look kind of, like, like phoned in. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting because then people would be it would be so many memes just like directly like like side by side comparisons right. This game looks really cool. Uh, I'm I'm usually not into monster collecting games that are not Pokemon because there's other games that there was um what was that one that came out last year? I can't remember the name. It was like a word said twice back to back, like Fufu or Tintin or uh, I I forgot what the game is called. But it's like Pokemon, and it's like it looks good, but it's like it's it's clearly like a ripoff of Pokemon, right? Yeah, but this feels like it really has its own identity. Absolutely, I think what sets this apart, just besides visually, is like the activities you're doing in the game, right? Fishing, kite flying, jumping, dancing. All the activities, uh, the color palette, the animations, like when it's on cutscenes, it looks really fucking cute. Like you're seeing all these like uh, set pieces; they mm. look dope. And then the way the kids look kind of clunky but it's still fluid looks great the gameplay looks amazing uh the monsters themselves look, themselves look cool they have their own little emotes you saw like the little cat dancing yeah there's this one i like that looks so cool it was an armadillo that rolls yeah. up into a pineapple did you see that one uh-huh. i love that design that design looks cool it's like a pineapple armadillo thing uh there's like really cool like white robot that looks like out of like big hero 6 the ones like with a jetpack did you, remember, did you see that one in the trailer yes yeah I like that character design. A lot of the character designs look cool. Some of them look kind of wonky. Like I'm looking right now, there's like a there's a polar bear with like an eye patch, which looks kind of funny. With the gloves, the boxing gloves. Yeah, he has boxing gloves. Yeah. yeah. There's like a pink like tapper. You know what a tapper is, right? No, it's like it looks like an elephant, like the long nose thing, but without the ears. There's like a floating dice, like a die, uh-huh. with a scarf and glasses. It looks kind of goofy. There's like a whole variety of really cool and yet also not so cool characters, but that's okay because you know that not every design is gonna be a hit. Uh, but the game's aesthetic, the draw distance, you can see like the mountains like from far away, and like mm. it's you can still make out the individual trees in the background. At least in like in the promotional art that I'm looking at. Yeah, man, the the vibe is perfect on this. this... I, I first saw the game. I, I don't know why, but it gave me nostalgia. But it felt like the first time we played Crazy Taxi. On, on the, the, the city looks like that, right? Yeah, very populated, very like downtown San Francisco kind of hectic. Yeah, populated, vibrant, living. It looks really good. I'm curious to see how it actually plays. It, yeah, it sounds like it's like they mentioned it's a monster collecting action adventure game, and then it seems like you're not just like having the monsters like fight. Like you're you have to like they mentioned you have to roll and dodge the attacks yourself, like mm-hmm. the character, the the human kid character. So. I'm curious. I wonder if they're going to do the kind of thing where, like, maybe, like, oh, you can't reach this area until you do, like, you achieve, like, a certain, like, because you have, like, different devices, right? Like, different gadgets that do different things for, like, traversal. Mm-hmm. Like, there's jet skis, there's bikes. Like, maybe, like, oh, like, this this slope is too steep to climb, but if you had a bike, well, when you first or see, you had an air glider or whatever it is. When you first see uh, the skateboard, you saw, like, two different kind of skateboards, and then you saw the longboard and the way she's moving. Okay, I remember the longboard. I remember the longboard, yeah. And then when they did that double jump and they were on the umbrella. Oh, yeah, double jump and then switches to the umbrella. The transitions are so smooth. It's very smooth. Like, yeah, it was kind of, like, almost like it was, like, part of, like, a a trick or something, like an acrobatic trick, right? Uh Like, 
like the kids like okay i want to do this and then this and then i'm going to switch to this and like i think it was like it was like an umbrella and then like a hang glider or something i forgot what it was but like it seemed like there's like a combination of like gadgets you can use to like i guess pull off different effects so it's giving me so many vibes now i'm getting vibes of um what is it called uh the monkey game where you capture monkeys ape escape yes how could you not remember the name of ape escape i had it it just i just lost it for you a disappoint second. me johnny you disappoint me yeah it has that cutesy aesthetic like that where it's like kids doing serious things kind of thing yeah but like the art style is still like light-hearted and vibrant mm-hmm. i miss ape escape man i'm gonna bring ape escape back all right, that's enough gushing over Doke V or Doke. I'm still not sure which is the actual name. 25 games in the work, dude. Ape Escape might be one of those. Don't. Don't do that, Johnny. Don't do that. I'm going to be like, I'm gonna be like Hawkeye in Endgame. He's like, it's like, don't do that. He's like, don't do what? Like, don't give me hope. Like, I wish I could have brought it to you sooner. I don't remember Hawkeye. That's who's, an Endgame. Ronin. Hank, Hawkeye. Ronin. Who thinks about Ronin? <sighs> you suck, Johnny. All right, next article we go to GameIndustry.biz. This article comes to us by Brendan Sinclair. Fortnite disables dance moves in Martin Luther King Jr. tribute. <laughs> That's a sentence I never thought in my life I would read, Johnny. <laughs> Let's get into it. Epic Games commemoration of the anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech, which, by the way, in elementary, I had to completely memorize the entire speech. And I did. I Have a Dream speech in Fortnite was amended a day after launch in the wake of disruptive and disrespectful player behavior. Amended. I changed, you know. The March Through Time experience launched August 26th, recreating the Lincoln Memorial and U.S. National Mall where King delivered the speech and incorporated informational exhibits and collaborative mini-games for players. The next day, Fortnite's official Twitter account for service updates informed players that all emotes have been disabled in the March Through Time experience, with the exception of eight that were designed specifically for the event. The replies to that announcement give an indication as to why, with pictures and images of Superman and cartoon character Rick Sanchez using the Raise the Roof, (laughs) (laughs) Get Swifty, I don't know that one, and Ride the Pony dance emotes. As King's speech plays on a screen in the background. Wow. Another shows a white police officer using the... Wow. Using the whip crack emote toward toward black avatars and experience. Wow. I did not know that. One reply shows the DC-63 spray players can unlock in the experience apparently being thrown into the game's existing everything's fine dumpster fire spray. The behavior of players likely would not have been a surprise to Epic. Last year, the company streamed a Black Lives Matter panel discussion in the game, only to find players respond by using an in-game emote to throw tomatoes at the screen. Oh, I remember that. Do you? Yeah. Update. The March Through Time experience is scheduled to remain available for a year. An Epic representative told GameIndustry.biz the company had no further comment to make beyond that was on the service update Twitter account. That's the end of the article. Wow. Okay, I knew they were just. I thought they were just disabling like stupid stuff, like the razor roof and like um, like I guess because I have the cami skin, so I probably wouldn't be able to do like the, the we call it the, her special move. That's the emote where she does where she does the sp- cannon spike thing with her legs, huh. or that like, Guile's kind of like when he's like he does this he does this thing where he combs his hair kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But seeing like how they're misusing the emotes, like the whole like whip cracking motion, like that's kind of distasteful. 
Johnny, what do you think? So you've tried this Martin Luther King Jr. experience, yeah, right? Yeah, I heard the news. So I was like, all right, let me jump on Fortnite. So what is it exactly? Because I haven't seen it. What does it like entail? Uh, you pop in. There's like a giant screen. You walk towards the screen, and then you see like the uh, water feature. And then there's the a National little... Mall, right? Like the open. Yeah. Okay. You you don't walk through the whole thing, but you walk through part of the water, and then there's like a little uh, plaque, and then after the plaque, there's the stairs, and then there's a Lincoln Monument. The Lincoln right. Monument is like really detailed. That looks good, but you can't get close to it. That's the one with him sitting on the chair, right? Yeah, you can't get close to it, and then you can only just go into the plaque. Uh, I don't know if there was anything more after that. Uh, well, the trees are all straight. They're all like symmetrical. The map just kind of looks boring, honestly. Yeah, it's a national mall. There's not much else to it. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to it. And then people are just there. Uh... So the I Have a Dream speech, it's playing. Is it playing like in front of the Lincoln Memorial? Is there like little like, is it like a museum where you can like walk up to something and it activates when you walk up to it kind of thing? I think there was one, which was the plaque. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Just, it would just like automatically play like an audio file yeah, or yeah. a video? Okay. The audio was just automatic. Okay. Um, and then I, that's it. I just got the fuck out because there was not a whole lot to do there. What did you think about it? Did you see people, when you went, was it already like, did they already disable the emotes or were they still being? I don't think they disabled it. I, I got in there like within maybe a couple hours of that. So the first day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just got out. It was just super boring. Was it educational? Did you learn anything you didn't already know? No. Okay. I like the idea. It seems, It seems. I mean, it seems kind of odd, right? Why is it Fortnite? Yeah. Yeah, it seems weird for it to be in Fortnite. As an educator, I like that it's in Fortnite because all my kids talk about is either Roblox or Fortnite. Okay. So it being in Fortnite isn't useful. Am I thinking it's an effective teaching tool? Probably not. Fuck, no. Probably not. Not at all. Does it at least draw attention or kind of raise awareness? Yes, it does. To who? To MLK. MLK Jr. The I Have a Dream Man. So that, I I kind of like. Um, it's interesting they said they're going to live it up all year long. I mean, it gives us more time to check it out because I haven't seen it yet. That said, um, I think if they were to integrate this, well, they did integrate it, but they could have done a lot more to for kids to just have fun to memorize like oh remember well, there's, that one time there was this little event well there was mini games right there's explicitly mini games for people to play in the experience right give me an example well it says here I don't know I don't know it says here uh, let me find a word to mention uh where was it where was it, was it? I could have sworn it mentions it uh, oh here it goes uh, the March Through Time Experience launched August 26, recreating the Lincoln Memorial and U.S. National Mall, where King delivered a speech and incorporated informational exhibits and collaborative mini games for players. I miss the mini games. You did not collaborate, it sounds like. You're not a collaborator. Well, there's only, as far as I can tell, just one. Because, you know, they have their icons, you want to do this, you want to do multiplayer, etc. So you just jump in there and it takes you to the same old spot. I don't know if there were other portals to go to. Okay. But. Everything I saw was just all the white marble. There wasn't a whole lot of places to go. Okay. And it was like boring to the point where if there was something, I'm like, damn, I got to walk way over there just to get to it. Like, I'm already <laughs> bored. I'm bored right now. Like, <laughs> like in the next 20 steps, something needs to happen, you know? <laughs> An explosion or something. <laughs> all right. All right.
but so it sounds like if anybody's interested in checking it out, checking this out, you have a whole year to check out this exhibit. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it between now and the next time we record, and maybe I'll have more to add to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the only way this would warrant staying up a whole year is if they continue to add things to the exhibit for the whole year. Otherwise, it's like, oh, why are you gonna hold it up for a whole year, Johnny? Who would you like? Who do you think? Who else is worthy or deserving to have an entire Fortnite exhibit done for them? Well, I guess Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Yeah, but I don't want this stuff in Fortnite. But it's in creative mode. You don't even play creative mode, do you? Yeah, I create stuff. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'll create stuff. I would like try to do a level or something. But does it being in the game somehow detract anything from the game for you? It's just. Or why are you like I don't want this in the game? It's just clutter, honestly. Okay, it's just visual clutter. Yeah, uh, they did an update on Fortnite, and now when I go to like this is solo duels, trios, quads, all that stuff, and then they have this is by Epic, and then they have all this stuff that's like creative stuff by the community. Mm -hmm. But they made it look like a phone, and it's fucking annoying. Like a touchscreen phone? No, like it has infinite scroll. Oh, it's fucking annoying. It's it's it looks ugly. It looks cluttered, and I see it, and I'm like. I don't want to be on my goddamn phone. I just want to get in there, and I want to go specifically to this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me this bad vibe. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of when games do that when they change up the UI and it's like I'm used to. I'm. It's like whenever Facebook or Twitter or any of those would change up the user experience quote, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, like I liked how the layout was before. It was clean and simple and straight to the point. Yeah, like if. If they change the aesthetic or if uh, the layout, they maybe add something or they take something, just like one or two things. Uh-huh. But changing the way the UI functions completely. The way you manage and scroll through everything. The way yeah. you navigate, yeah. Yeah. That's frustrating. I, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. So Interesting stuff, Johnny. Johnny, we move on to our last and probably the most impactful story we have. This comes to us from Game Informer by Leanna Rupert. Norman Reedus says Death Stranding 2 is, quote, in negotiations, end quote. With the Death Stranding director's cut on the way, which I look forward to purchasing, it looks like Hideo Kojima is far from done with a breakout universe for his Kojima production studio. In a recent interview, Norman Reedus, who played Sam Porter Bridges in the game, stated that a sequel is currently, quote, in negotiations, end quote. In a recent interview with Adoro Cinema, courtesy of Twitter user Nibel, the actor confirmed a sequel is the a sequel a sequel is the current plan in the most casual way possible. When asked which character he thought could win a marathon, his character from The Walking Dead or from Death Stranding, he was quick to side with Sam Porter Bridges because of his motorcycle and the exoskeleton. Uh, hold on, he has a motorcycle in The Walking Dead also though, so that seems weird. He does not have an exoskeleton in The Walking Dead, though. So I'll give him that one. This motorcycle is way better. Which, fair. What's interesting, however, is that he added, I think we're doing a second Death Stranding. The game is in negotiations right now. So, yay. End quote. That's random. I like the... So, so like, the person didn't even ask about that. He just kind of just threw that in there, which is weird. Because usually you'd be a little more tight-lipped about that, I think you would, right? Yeah, but maybe it's a way to apply some type of pressure. All right. Uh, While not to be taken as an official announcement quite yet, his comments do sound promising for those hoping for a continuation of this particular world. 
Whether it will continue on the narrative told in the first game or take on a completely new set of characters remains to be seen. But the fact that it is in negotiations is a good sign. There have been rumors that Kojima Productions has some sort of partnership with Microsoft for future releases. Johnny and I have talked about that recently. We were talking about <laughs> Kojima's demands, <laughs> which I'm still curious to find out what that is. Uh, back to the article. Since Kojima's company is his own to do with what he like, he has the freedom to bounce between any company he wishes. The first Death Stranding originally started as a PlayStation exclusive, though that barrier widened to include PC post-launch. Nothing about a partnership with Team Green has been formally announced. However, so we're keeping this firmly in the rumor pile for now. Again, that was uh, Leanna Rupert over at Game Informer. Johnny, as so, someone who hasn't played Death Stranding, is there room at the end of the game for a sequel? Don't spoil it, just say yes or they no. They close it pretty well, but yeah, I can see a sequel. Okay, so there is some wiggle room for, like, things aren't, like, so night and tidy the way they end, right? Nah, because they they close it, but they really just close it for, like, a region. So, because it's the Americas. Right, the states that are broken up, right? Yeah, and then there's a faction, but, like, there's no technology that can do certain things. Okay, don't, don't, careful with the spoilers, Johnny. I do plan on playing this. I do plan on playing this. Um, yeah, sequel for sure. All right. Do you want a sequel? Are you are you are you, are you invested in the world of? Destroying? I love the game. I do love the game. I really like the story. I like the gameplay loop. It's frustrating, but in a in a really great way. Our cousin Brian, I think I told you about right. Our cousin Brian, mm-hmm. uh, just recently, he I think he beat the game already, but he got to. A, I remember he was like updating us like through Messenger, and he's like, oh, like oh, this game is so long. He's like, I'm at sixty hours, and like I'm still just delivering stuff. And he's like, oh, I think I'm near the end. I think he's like, I think I just beat the game. And he's like, wait, no, it's still going. There's more. <laughs> Does that, do, do you understand that? Like, do you understand why you probably thought that or no? Yeah, there's a portion where it seems like the end of it. Oh, okay. So Brian was like, oh, I think I'm done with the game. He's like, yeah. And he's like, wait, no, no, wait. Oh, no, there's more. There's more. <laughs> yeah. And then a few hours later, he's like, okay, now the game is done. Okay, so, so the thing with the game... We're not quite sure when it began development, right? Because Kojima left uh, 2015, and by the time we, uh, 2018 came around, we had this fucking game. So the turnaround time was nuts. And in the game, there's certain sections. Wait, wait, wait. Death Stranding came out in 2019. 19. Okay. Yes. I remember because I was at the Game Awards, and then they made a big deal about the game coming out right before that. Okay, uh, Metal Gear happened in 2015, so sometime yeah, after that. Yeah, the Pain, yeah. So it was maybe late 2015 or 16. So there's about a four-year gap in between, which sounds about right. Yeah, that's still a pretty fast turnaround time. Though. Yeah. Uh, because it is a complete game. There's just some portions of the game where it feels like this this needed more polish. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't look necessarily lazy. It just feels like, oh, God, fuck, they had to rush this part. So what I'm trying to say... If there's a sequel, I feel like uh, like a lot of the mechanics are done. They know where the story is going. So the, the groundwork is already there. Okay, so for just, the next one... Just focus on building a good story and like additional features maybe, right? Well, they'd be able to cut parts that maybe drag on a little bit too much, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think the, the sequel would be just so much better. The heavy liftings are already done, yes. is what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Johnny, are you worried about Kojima trying to make this... Uh, making a sequel while at the same time juggling the project with Microsoft on the side. Do you think his, you think well, his attention might be split? Isn't official yet. 
Well, yes and no, right? It's not official, but it's like Kojima's making demands and stuff, remember? So Yeah. Uh, there's some water in that pail. Because I have no idea what Kojima's doing with Microsoft. The speculation for me is that Kojima's working with Microsoft because Microsoft has a better cloud system than Infrastructure. Sony. Yeah, so they might just be taking that portion of Microsoft like leasing it out to him kind of yeah not necessarily a full-fledged game if he does cool that's fine but damn what was your question i was saying are you content with the same game the end of the sequel yeah yeah i'm okay with it because like i said i love death stranding but at the same time kojima's what 58 now yeah, he's yes. almost 60. He's 58, so I want to see as much diversity, new creativity, IP. yeah, new IP from Kojima. That's why I also don't want him to work on uh, Silent Hill. Okay. Yeah, it'd be dope if he did, but I I want him to do his own horror IP, his original IP for heart. Right. It's like, like, hold on, man. Hold on, hold on, old man. You can't die yet. We need to squeeze a few games out of you first. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's also what he mentioned. He put it on Twitter about age and creativity. And he said he's going to bang them out as long as he's creative. That's right. He's going to be making games for as long as he physically can. Yeah. That's right. And I look forward to seeing more. And I look forward to playing the Stranding Director's Cut uh, when that comes out. Uh, is that next month already, Johnny? Is it September? When it's coming? No, hold on. Let me see when it... I clicked on the, on the link to see the release date because I'm curious because I already forgot. Uh, scrolling, reading, reading... Some... reading reading ah there's no mention oh September 20 okay so it is next month ah I won't get paid till like October so I'm gonna have to wait at least a week to play it okay that's fine I'll play it when a week later a week later Johnny those are all five stories that we had for today hmm. uh what have you been playing recently Johnny what have you been playing recently uh no, not really a whole lot I didn't really play anything new this week I was going to jump back on, um... Fortnite? No, no, uh, that little game I bought. That little... Oh, Frostpunk? No, no, the Samurai game. The Samurai Shadow game? Shadow Tactics. Oh, yeah, 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 Shadow Tactics. How's that? Did you... Oh, you said you were going to, so you did I was going to. I just really wasn't in a mood. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have an update on that. All right. So if you guys notice there is a pause or a skip in this recording, it's because I had to pause to go to the restroom. <laughs> and I came back, and now I'm going to continue. So, Johnny, you said you were going to play Shadow Tactics, but then something happened, right? Yeah, nothing that relevant. I just really wasn't in the mood to be playing a... Isometric. Isometric, top-down, strategic game. I just wanted to like jump into a game and then get the fuck out. So I just did a little bit of Fortnite, and that's it. I noticed you have a thing for isometric games with Frostpunk and now this one. Is is that something that you look for or is it just a coincidence? No, it's just the tactics behind everything. Being methodical. You like, to be, you like to be like the shot caller kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I like thinking like several steps beyond the, what the moment is. Do you like chess? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. <laughs> I don't know the rules of chess, but... Did you ever... Unrelated. Did you ever see that Netflix show about the chess prodigy? The, I forgot her name. Uh, with Anya... Was it Anya Taylor? Or t- I started it, but I... Uh, I just got Queen, to the, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Yeah, it just got to the point where she sits down and she starts playing the game. And I'm like halfway through that. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. As someone who doesn't know a thing about chess, I love that show. So good. She's an addict, isn't she? Yeah, she's also a drug addict on the side. It's somewhat related to chess, but actually. Oh, uh, are you short on time or are you good? I, I have time. We're still good. 
Did you see, uh, how do you feel about the screenshots for Resident Evil? Oh, that is video game related. So, did you see the one with, like, Lisa, when she's, like, the, that creature with, like, the locks on her arms, right? Did you see the that side shot? shot? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look great. And that, that looks pretty accurate to the game, though. Where Lisa Trevor, she has, like, the, her mom's face is, like, attached to her head. She uh, carries her mom's face on her body. Okay. And she's kind of, like, an overgrown, kind of like a, like a, like the, the girl from, like, the ring kind of thing, where she has, like, that, like, very, like unkept appearance and she ha- she's still like very much human okay so that's from the remake of resident evil i don't think she's really shown that much in the original resident evil if at all but she makes appearance in the remake the two- the gamecube one but we're dealing with claire and leon so yeah so this movie is not the same as the netflix resident evil series that they're making also which is fine this yeah okay i just want to make sure you knew that because some people are confused online like oh this is like the re- the series like no 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 this is separate this is a reboot of the movies mm-hmm. the series on netflix with like the other guy playing wesker that's like a different thing altogether yeah so that one's like i don't even think like really going off the games this movie is supposed to be like a hardcore kind of like the like faithful adoption of like the video games the first two resident evil one and two so that's why you see claire and the not so faithful recreation of leon right with all the you know poofy hair and all that stuff mm-hmm. so it's a remake it's a reboot of the original movie franchise but done as resident evil one and two together so i imagine they're going to interweave the plots of both movies and i mean both games into one overall movie mm-hmm. or if i am wrong then they might do two to two separate movies i doubt that i think they're going to take like the first half of resident evil one and then interweave it with resident evil two all right well, I love the Resident Evil story, so if they're integrating one or the other, I'm totally fine with that. Some of the shots look good, like when it shows like the entrance of the mansion and there's like four of them right there standing there. Like that looks like faithful from the game. Because you see Wesker, you see Chris, you see Jill, and you see Barry right there. Like at the entrance of the mansion, you can tell like they just walked into the mansion like at the start of the game. And like it has, it's, like a, it's like a dimly lit, candle lit like entrance, entrance hall. Mm-hmm. And that looks pretty, like, accurate to the actual games. Like, even, like, Chris's outfit, the star's outfit he has is pretty accurate. Leon does not look like Leon. Yeah, Leon looks... For one, he's a different ethnicity. He looks Hispanic. He definitely looks like a Latino. Okay, that's annoying. His hair is very different. That's, like, the big... The biggest offense is his hair is different. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're seeing the mansion entrance, kind of? Well, I'm looking at his hair. Oh, uh, mansion looks pretty good with a uh, Chris with his gun on the mm-hmm, ground. Mm-hmm. That looks okay. That looks pretty faithful. And then Lisa Trevor, she's like that creature, that weird looking creature. Mansion looks too small. We'll have to see. Yeah, the hallways look kind of cramped, but we're gonna. Yeah. S- that's just the like one hallway. We don't know if they're all like that. The creature looks okay. It's just uh, maybe it's just like the camera work. The cinematography is a little bit off. Maybe we'll have to see. I'm looking forward to that. I'm okay with it as long as they're faithful to uh, to the story and there's a lot of gore. And a lot of zombies. And liquors. Only in part two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get back on topic. So, Johnny, so you didn't play... Well, that means we got Hunters. Part hunters one. in part one. That's right. Yes. Hunters are part one. We don't think we've seen Hunters on screen yet. Like in movie, any of the movies yet. I don't think they have shown Hunters in any of the Resident Evil movies so far. So that should be interesting. They're basically just giant alligator slash frogs. Yeah. 
so Johnny, so you said you did not get around to playing Shadow Tactics. Did you? Did you play for? You did play Fortnite, right? Because you just told me about the MLK thing. Yeah, a few rounds. Like I mentioned, I just wanted to get in there, just stick around. Okay. So I just started work again this past week. Literally a week from a week back from today from recording, I started uh, work again. Uh, usually I'm a substitute teacher, but because of the whole COVID situation, there's a massive teacher shortage. Mm-hmm. So they've temporarily made me a teacher, like an actual teacher, where I have to come up with the lesson plans, I have to come up with the curriculum, I have to talk to the parents, I have to like do everything for a uh, independent studies. So I'm the independent studies teacher for kindergarten through third grade, which I can tell you right now is a massive headache. You try teaching a kindergartner through a laptop screen and see how that well that goes. A kindergartner. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I was a good kindergartner. Huh? I was a great kindergartner. You probably were, but you weren't a kindergartner through a pandemic learning through a Chromebook. Right? No, you weren't. Because there was no pandemics in the early 90s or late 80s, whichever you fall in. So Are you saying that's tough for a child? I'm just saying it's tough for me. It's tough for me. It's tough for me because kindergartners are hard to. They they have very short attention spans. Even more so on Zoom. (laughs) Well, what do you have to teach them on Zoom? Uh, Right now, we're teaching them the months of the year. We're going to start with letters and numbers next week, and then I'll introduce weeks and colors and shapes to them after that. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Starting over from scratch, like, like I forgot, like, oh, these kids don't even know how to read. I'm like, they don't even know what all the letters are. Like, having to start from scratch, from, like, the most basic, basic of, like, lesson plans, it's, it's, it's going to be a, mom- it's going to be a monumental task to teach these kids. Because I am not that great with kindergartners. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, because of that, I do have to take work home with me sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I have to do lesson planning when I get home. So I haven't really played that much, honestly, this past week. I've been play over the weekend. I did play some Call of Duty. Uh, I played a little Cold War to level up my the battle pass. The battle pass is kind of like the Fortnite one, but in on Call of Duty, the battle pass is a hundred tiers. Yeah, and I'm on tier seventy three right now, mm-hmm. and there's still like a whole bunch of thirty days before the tier resets to the next season. So, I have. Plenty of time to complete the entire battle pass, so that's good. That's good. Okay. Other than that, the only game I've been playing, and I literally just started it today. I played two hours of a game that you might remember from a few years ago called Detroit Become Human. Ah, I was wondering about that game. Were you? Like, we're actively right now? I've been trying to to get into it. You know what inspired me to play it? Is the conversation we had with Joe last week? We we're talking about like the AI and the Tesla bots. Okay. Like that kind of stuck in my head for a while. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm like, wait a minute. That whole plot is what the plot of Detroit Become Human is. Mm-hmm. So I, I started playing it today. I'm only two hours in, but I've been introduced to like the three main characters you play as: mm-hmm. the detective cop uh, robot, the 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 woman robot that's like a housemaid slash protector of the kid. And the one that's played by Jesse Williams, the the uh, the African male. I forgot his name. Connor. His name. I think his name is Connor in the game. No, no. Connor is the detective guy. The girl is Kara, and then I forget what who Jesse uh, Jesse Williams' character. Uh, I forget what his name is, but I've been introduced to all three characters. You can kind of get the idea of like what their their major like trial or hardship is going to be based off their personality. 
like Kara is clearly she's gonna be like the caretaker of the girl because the dad the dad is like very abusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Connor, he's kind of like he's a straight play by the book kind of cop. I imagine I don't know for sure what the story's gonna be like. I haven't ever played the game before, but like the world is a lot of heavy world building in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember the trailer they first showed in the game where you confront the guy on the roof and he's holding the girl hostage? Mm-hmm. Right? That's like the very first mission of the game. Like, you start off with that. Yeah. And you kind of get an idea. Like, there's like world building. Like, you're investigating the areas. So, yeah, this is a David Cage game, right? This is uh, uh, Quantum. Quantic. Uh... Quantum Break? No. This, this... Quantic Dreams? Quantic Dreams. There you go. I'm sorry. That's the name of the studio, Quantic Dreams. So, they did Heavy Rain, they did Beyond Two Souls. Those games are very heavy, like investigate the area heavy games. Yeah. Where you're like drawing like conclusion, not conclusions, you're drawing like clues and samples and all sorts of stuff, like scanning the environment. So you do that. The game instructs you how to do that right at the beginning. You resolve. There's different endings though. The cool thing is when you finish a scenario, it shows you the the choices you did on a on a graph mm-hmm. of like kind of like a think of like a bracket with like offshoots of brackets. And it shows you like where you went along to the end, and then it shows you the the other ones you didn't do as just like question marks. But you can see how many different outcomes there is based mm-hmm. off the number of question marks. So that's cool because it makes you want to go back and like, okay, what did I miss? What can I do differently? Because you can see where they diverge based on your choices. Mm-hmm. So you can actually lead back and see like, okay, next time I do this thing, I'm gonna choose a different outcome because I want to see what happens if I do that kind of thing. It's hard to track all that while you're in the moment. Yeah, you can only see it at, you know, when you press pause, you can go and check the timeline and it'll tell you like where you're at in that current playthrough. Yeah. So obviously you're not going to get all of, all of the endings on the first try, right? You're going to have to replay this game a couple of times. That said, uh, I'm really eager to play it. I really want to get back home and play it like as soon as we're done recording because I really want to go back and play it. I also, you'll be happy to know, I also re-downloaded Control. Mm-hmm. I haven't played it yet. But it's in my queue right after I finish Detroit Become Human. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering if... What? I don't know what I was waiting for you to say. I Are just you going to play the DLC for Control? <sighs> Probably not. Should I? Because it's not included for free. I don't think it is. Is it? Do you no, know? it's not. Okay. Probably not. Probably not. I just like I just want to play the base game, get an idea of what it is, finish it, and then move on to the next. It's thing. good enough. You don't have to get the DLC. Okay. Except the DLC kind of adds context for Alan Wake. Okay, I never played Alan Wake, so that doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, but it's a setup for the next game. Oh, it's like an inner inter interquel kind of thing. You don't have to get it, but is it does it bridge the two games together? Then you think? Well, there's gonna be another control for sure. For sure. But I, I don't know if Alan Wake is going to be part of that game. Or like if this gonna be, Alan Wake meta universe kind of thing? Yeah, or if Alan Wake is going to be like in his own game again. Right. Anyways, so back on topic. Uh, I'm, I'm eager to get back home to play to play a little bit more of Detroit Become Human. You can tell they're already doing the... Early on, they're doing like the world building, right? Yeah, that's why I'm having a difficult time for it. You can see like they're doing like... Okay, like there's these robots who are like, like the Tesla bots kind of like thing. Like they do menial chores and stuff. They're protective. They run errands for you. But like because they do chores and then run errands, they're forcing a lot of people like out of jobs. And so you can see, like, in the background of the game, there's, like, a growing resentment. There's, like, a group of people who are, like, actively protesting in public, like, like ban ban AIs, ban AIs, or ban, you know, ban robots or whatever. Do you think it's going to pick up, though? 
I think so because there's there's like social commentary there going on with like, for example, like when you play as um, Jesse's character, he goes on a bus, but he goes on the back of the bus because that's the that's the android section of the bus. Mm-hmm. So you can see like oh, okay, they're drawing parallels here with like you know real world history and like because they're being seen as kind of like the like like all our problems are because of you minorities kind of thing. But it's, the minorities mm-hmm. are not human; they're robots, or are they human? I don't know, because the first mission has you uh, a robot is holding the girl hostage because you find out like his fa- their family was going to replace him with a newer robot. Mm-hmm. So that ro- that robot has some sense of identity, some sense of self, right? So I can tell that's going to be a major kind of a story point focus point later on in the game. Is like I imagine our characters are going to be conflicted. There's going to be some kind of like internal conflict. It's gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm all, I'm all aboard for the story so far. Yeah, I really want to get into it because the story sounds dope, right? Mm-hmm. The aesthetics, the visuals look amazing. And it's from the people who made Heavy Rain, which is like one of my favorite games of all time. And you also said, uh, what's it called? Um, Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls, which Wait, I liked. I haven't played that one. Actually. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to play this game and end up the way I, I ended up with Beyond Two Souls, because I like Beyond Two Souls, right? But I play the whole thing, and throughout the game, I'm like, all right, just a little bit more. The story's getting better. I went on and on and on, and then I get to the fucking end, and then it shows me the ending, and it's got this visual, and it's a game where you're like, what the fuck is that? That's that's what I want to play. I mm-hmm. didn't. I realized like I didn't want to play fucking Beyond the Souls. I wanted to play that thing that they're presenting at the end of the game. Oh, that was fucking annoying. And the reason I thought I was gonna like uh, become human is because of. Uh, what is it called? That horror game, um, with the Wendigo. Oh, uh, you're talking about, um, Death something, right? No, no, no. It's, uh... I'm trying to remember. I only remember the, the, the VR game, that's yes, why. Yes. Something Carnival of Blood, or Carnival Festival of Blood. Uh, wow. Uh, until I'm, Dawn. There you go. I was, like, blanking on the name. Yeah, until, until Dawn is amazing. And it's not the type of game I, I like to play, because it's a, uh, it's more like a... a what is it called? A novel type of visual game? novel. It's more of. of a visual novel. It's not even a true visual novel. It's more like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. but it's like this hybrid thing. Yeah. So I I played parts of Detroit, and the first mission is cool. The guy, the guy, you already fucking know. The guy jumps off the building. It's not even a spoiler. Uh, you save the girl. All that. I came out with flying colors, and then I got to the section where you're like the bots and you're just looking at first person and then you're like in the store right yeah 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 and that's what kara yeah and they're selling androids yeah and i'm sitting there i'm like what do i do like what am i doing here? you have to like, wait for the scene to play out yeah i have to wait for the fucking scene to play out and right there i'm just losing my mind dude i'm just if i had an office chair i'd be spinning in my fucking office chair I'm like bored out of my fucking mind. So the premise like, of the game you, didn't draw you in right away. N- no, no, I like the premise. It's just the gameplay. Like, let me move around. Like, mm-hmm. have you seen that meme where that there's that little kid in the uh, in the cartwheel in the I mean the, the go kart and he's fucking spinning around and then he goes into space. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> I seen different variations where it's like the one where Palpatine does like the spin. Remember that from Star Wars when he like lunges at the Jedi, he does like the spin thing uh-huh. in the air. Yeah. It's like spinning him through space, like dun, mm-hmm. dun, 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 Yeah, dun, my mind dun, just dun, dun. drifted when I'm I'm in that store, dude, and I'm 
I, I just need the pacing to You to need move. the constant stimulation. Yes. That you need. I kind of get that through the story, though, because I was interested. I'm like, okay, there's, I'm in a, dis- I'm in a, I'm in a display in a store. There's robots to the left and the right of me. Somebody is like doing a sales pitch on this latest model. Mm-hmm. And then like your owner comes up to you and then like you're, you know, t- names you and then you, you know, get to the next scene. So I guess because I'm interested in, no- in the world building of the lore, I didn't mind so much that I didn't have like instant control over what was going on. I need more control. Any more control. I need more control. Oh, yes. you need more control. Yes. I'm ca- I can't wait to get started on that game. So. But I want to finish Detroit because I'm pretty sure Detroit's probably a shorter game. So is it? I'm assuming. How short that... do you think it is? If it's like less than ten hours. Oh damn! What? I was like, if it's like eight hours, I'll I'll go for it. Is control long? Well, from your play, from your perspective, it's worth it. How? Whatever the hell length it is, it was fun. All right, all right. So that kind of su- that kind of summarizes uh, what we've been playing this past week, Johnny. Let's move on to our final segment of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for The Pitch. The Pitch is a segment that Johnny and I always do at the end of the episode where we take two canisters, mix them, uh, kind of shake them around. We draw two papers. One is theme, such as underwater, World War II, space, uh, Japan. I'm changing uh, the pitch's name. World War II. And then the other one is genre, as in game genre, like first-person shooter or racing or platformer or puzzle. And we come up with the best combination of the two we get and pitch the idea for an original idea for a game. Johnny, let's see what you got. I got, I got, ooh, I got religious. Oh, that's going to be tough. Or very rewarding. I got religious. You got to be, you got to persevere, Johnny. You got to be. So the game is. Persistent. That's the word I taught my kindergartners today. Persistent. So if it's about religion, you get your XP by praying. No, you heal by praying. Ah, that's even better. I got religious MMO. (laughs) (laughs) All right, tell me what you got. Tell me what you got. I got stadium. A religious stadium. Well, for location, yeah, stadium. And what else? Uh, There's Mesoamerica, which kind of doesn't fit. A Mesoamerica MMO? That could be interesting. Yeah, but the religion part, how do you execute We don't have that? to use religion if we don't want to. What's the other one? So you have Stadium, you have Mesoamerica, right? First of all, only one of these is a, is a type of game, and that's MMO. The other three, religious, is not a type of game. That's just a theme. Okay. Mesoamerica is a theme. A stadium is so not a type of game. That's a theme. I think you keep mi- mixing these up. Uh, well, we'll have to do them again. We'll... Uh, I'm so tempted to do religious MMO just because it sounds funny. Okay, I got one that you'll actually like. Okay. Medieval. Medieval. I know, I heard you. Medieval MMO? Ah, uh, that sounds kind of generic. Well, if we do religion and medieval. Religious medieval game? That was, That's basically what I just played. Uh, um, The Rat Game. The Rat Game. The one I just told you about last a few weeks ago. Oh, it, yeah, a yeah. Plague Tale. Plato, yeah. That's what that is. Religious medieval game. Okay, so the ones that I like that I pulled out are Underground Base and Stadium. A religious stadium. <laughs> that sounds like one of my conventions that we do. <laughs> uh, I actually, I actually, what if what if we do religion, Underground Base, but it's more of a cult. Okay, but that doesn't tell us the type of gameplay, though. We don't know what kind of type of game. You're giving me, you're giving me the themes and the settings, 
Yeah, I think that's you. You gotta pull another one. Oh, is it my fault? Is that what it is? Did I, do, do I not have the right papers? Maybe this one says biopunk, so it's not. It's not a type of game. That's a setting, Johnny. We need to really sort through these one day. Yeah, let's go ahead. and put them in the right containers because we keep getting them mixed up. I think the orange ones are yours. Are those are the ones that tell us like the type of game it is? Oh, okay. No, this one's racing. Oh shit. A, a religious racing. So you pray to go faster. <laughs> like, please deliver me to the finish line. Keep pulling. Oh, okay, fine. I feel like we're getting we're straying away from the purpose of the pitch, Johnny. We're trying to make this easier for ourselves, and that kind of kills the nature of the challenge. Okay, next one I have is simulator. Oh shit. Those are tough. You're getting you're putting some tough ones. Are we doing the medieval simulator? I would play that. Okay. That sounds cool. A medieval simulator? I want to save the racing and religious for next time because I feel like this is going to be fun. But I'm trying to not make things too difficult for myself right now. So medieval simulator, Johnny. Do you want to do medieval simulator? Sure. Okay. So I'm assuming this medieval simulator, do we have the options to play like a nobility or are we all, always a peasant? Well, the stories, I think, are, they tend to be more interesting if you're a, a peasant because you have this giant story arc. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. If you're like a nobility, you, you kind of already got it all. So funny enough, I actually have a book about medieval life, like exactly the kind of stuff that commoners would do to survive and stuff. And there's a lot of things you can draw on. We So since this is a simulator, simulators tend to be uh, pretty true to life in almost almost in an annoying way mm -hmm. so what's our so what's our goal here are we just trying to live our day our life day by day or are we trying to achieve something maybe our character has to survive and the odds are against him you're trying to take over you're trying to take a peasant is gonna have a is gonna be hard pressed to take I, over i got it this is gonna be like aladdin uh it's gonna be the peasant and you want Jasmine. That's what the game is about. And the print, the, she, you want the princess. Okay. Okay. So that's part of your story. And you got to figure out how to get there. Remember, simulators are a lot about the menial, like day to day kind of stuff, the tasks you have to do every day. So keep that in mind while you're trying to pursue this princess. Well, you can kind of go, you can kind of go like a top down where you got to harvest stuff. Okay, yeah. You do that. You gotta do crops, yes. Okay, you, we could do crops, we could take care of whatever it is, cattle, chickens, all that stuff you have on the side. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, see Sorry about that. I can see the spike on the screen when I sneeze. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, guys. So, okay, you're raising cattle. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm trying to figure out the mechanics because this is kind of like, we, we're kind of going in the RTS direction, but how do we integrate simulator? Because similarly to me, it's like you're either first person or over the shoulder. It's usually first person for like... I'm thinking of like how like I played games like uh, Car Simulator, Mechanic Simulator, uh, mm -hmm. Thief Simulator. That's one. Uh, there's also games like... Uh, there's Power Wash Simulator. There's House, simula house uh, Simulator. Okay, so if you're a peasant, who would you want to be? PC I, Building Simulator. I want to be a blacksmith. Okay. 
right? All right, that could be like a mini game, like where you have to like pound iron, like at the right temperature, kind of thing. But that's like my my thing. That's I want to be the blacksmith. Okay. I don't want to just be like some other dude milking cows and shit. Okay, you can be a blacksmith. So I make weaponry, right. but I'm trying to figure out how do I steal the heart of the princess. That's my thing. Hmm. So, You're gonna have to come up in life. You're gonna have to definitely pull in Aladdin and kind of fake it till you make it, kind of thing. Wait a minute. What? I'm a blacksmith. Yes. And I want the heart of the princess. Yes. So I create jewelry. Right? A jeweler is a different uh, occupation. Who makes the jewelry back in the day? A jeweler does. Oh, That's a different set of skills, a different set of tools. Oh. A blacksmith is primarily making weapons, armor, and like gardening tools. Hmm. A jeweler works with like softer, like more expensive metals and stones. Okay. So this is going to take a turn. <laughs> it's a blacksmith who becomes a jeweler? No, 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 okay. no. I'm a blacksmith, and then I create Jewel. the armor okay. for the the noble, uh, nobility, right? Nobility, yeah. Nobility. But how about I went into the forest one day, and I met a witch. And then the witch enchants my my like my tool set and then i'm creating the tool set for nobility but that shit is cursed i want to do that but it's still a simulator okay i was about to say yeah you're getting away from the heart of what a simulator is we're supposed to simulate the most like average lifestyle it's meant to be like true to like true to life kind of thing it doesn't become wild and wacky and like Okay, you, you you tell me then. Because you know my type of games. I want, like, high-octane octane shit. That's not what this game is. Okay. Medieval Simulator, you're playing a peasant. You maybe You're in charge of a plot of land that's been assigned to you by the nobility, which is, like, a knight, right? So the knight owns the land that you work on. Mm-hmm. You work the land in return for the knight. The knight provides protection while you provide the, the produce. What about if we uh, we play as multiple people? You could do that. Okay. You can definitely do that. Some, of, you know what? It'd be like the. You have to become skilled in different traits, and Absolutely. ultimately, you work at you function as like. Uh, so you're the blacksmith. You got to create a sword a certain way. You do all that, and then yeah, that that's like a the mini way game. that yeah. you. It's reliant on the blacksmith and how good you work. You have to source your materials. It's how you upgrade your materials. Yeah. So I you like source that. your stuff, you create your materials, and then you get a sword. And then you play as a knight. But your, your knight is only as good as your blacksmith work. So it goes up the oh, chain. Oh, okay. So, so, so each role complements the others. Yes. Yeah. I love this idea, Johnny. I love this. Yeah. So where do we take it from there? If you're a knight. So this sounds a lot like the Final Fantasy XIV MMO, where you have different you have different uh, jobs, you have different classes, right? It's a mm-hmm. class system, where like you can become a blacksmith in Final Fantasy, but unless you're the miner, you're gonna be paying a lot for your material. Mm-hmm. If you take on the miner's job, you can be a miner mine your resources and then switch to the blacksmith job and continue with your resources to actually put them to use. Yeah. And then once you made armor, you can switch to like one of the, like the knight classes and you can continue to use that armor that you just made. All right. I really like this. Okay. Because, uh, I guess your main protagonist or yeah, your protagonist is going to be the knight or the king, whatever, but you got to keep, you got to collect all your resources and you got to keep them well fed. Right. So like you can play as somebody 
but it'll tell you like, hey, you're lacking in fucking nutrition, right? You got skirts. Switch characters. Got, yeah, you got you got to switch it up. I love this idea. Yeah, it's kind of like The Sims, where The Sims you have to like manage their like you have to manage like their their hunger, their comfort, their sleep, mm-hmm. uh, their happiness, their socialness, their athletics, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like instead of it being for like individuals, it's like for the group, right? Like yeah. Like, everybody needs to eat, so it's like, okay, you need to switch to your farmer class or your farmer character and, like, you know, start harvesting, go fishing. Maybe, because back in the day, it was illegal to poach. Maybe you go off into the forest and, like, illegally hunt. Yeah, there's, like, a there's this black market, right? You have mm-hmm. to deal with that. Yeah, because technically all the meat on the land belongs to the king. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the game, so to call so you're juggling different like different like character roles, right? To kind of complement, like oh, like it's kind of almost like a gotcha mobile game where like you you have to constantly upgrade your resources so you're not like your stuff doesn't get stolen by another player kind of thing. Mm, yeah, yeah, okay. So it's like oh, like okay, there's like a group of like enemies nearby. It's like oh shoot, okay, let's let's craft some armor real quick, some really good armor, and then switch to like the knight character and go out and do actual combat. Yeah, I'm wondering what timeline we have because maybe you can speed up some of the timeline. So maybe if there's like a couple, you level up and you beca- you unlock more like automation kind of options or what? Yeah, a little bit of automation, but also like what if you have a, a bunch of knights and then you you have to fight like if we went into the multiplayer area, you might lose a knight, right? Mm. But if you lose too many knights, you have nobody to protect your people. So like your whole campaign is helping all these knights, keep them healthy give them good swords, take care of their horse, all that stuff. But if you lose too many, you lose everything. So there's like a there's like a fail kind of condition. Yeah, like you can die, but there's a permadeath system, which is losing... And somehow your society has to continue without like that one job role. Yeah, until... That could be tough. Until, that's why I'm, t- I'm thinking about a timeline, until maybe there's a, a childbirth and then there's another night and you have to raise the children. Okay, the next generation. Eventually. Yeah. So you're just trying to constantly get to the next checkpoint kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I like this premise. It's a mixture of like kind of like a mobile, those gotcha resource games where you have to like get materials, upgrade your stuff mm-hmm. so you can get more materials. It's like that endless game loop, right? And then like protect your stuff. Like Clash of Clans, right? Where you protect your stuff from other people. Yeah. But, but- also it's like part like Sims where like you have to manage social connections. Maybe you have to like make the right alliances, the right kind of deals. Yeah, I also want there to be, there's this, like, uh, harvesting and all that stuff, but I also want there to be a solid story where eventually, like, you got to take over, like, the five kingdoms or something, right? Okay. Or, yeah, yeah, you maybe not a whole kingdom, but, like, right. take over that castle. And At least castle, a decent, basic, this straightforward story, right? Yeah. You could do that. I like that. I love this idea. This is cool. I like the idea of, like seeing like how life is from different points of view of like different kinds of like uh like yeah like the privileged knights who kind of they get like the best meat they get the best grub like but they're like the soldiers right that's the warrior cast right they have to go out there they have to be skilled maybe they have to like train maybe they have to like athletics or something to like you're only as good as your armor your weapons and like your actual skill level or something like that right yeah and it's it's a cool way to because you know a lot of games you just go and you suddenly have an upgrade you suddenly found a a better gun you suddenly found a better sword or whatever Mm -hmm. so in this when you go and like say you're doing multiplayer you go and you defeat somebody you know he worked to upgrade all that shit you you acquire it Uh uh-huh and you acquire that knowledge yeah yeah 
Or that equipment or whatever, yeah. Not just his, his equipment, but maybe you take his blacksmith, right? Right, you absorb their, their resources. Hit, yeah, so, yeah, you you get his blacksmith, his skill set. Like, oh, this guy could create better swords. This guy can make long swords, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so what are we going to call this thing? Uh, it reminds me a lot of a game that's very similar. It's like a super hardcore like medieval game called uh, Kingdom Come. It kind of reminds me of that. We're obviously not going to use that name, but it reminds me of that. I just wanted to throw that out because in case Brian's listening, Brian knows what game I'm talking about. Um, that said, I'm trying to think of a good name for this. I feel like we would it have to incorporate the word medieval in there. I don't know. I'm trying to. I mean, it has simulator. All the simulator games include the word simulator in the names, like uh, PC building simulator, goat simulator, uh, car mechanic simulator, uh, power washer simulator house simulator are we just gonna call this medieval simulator nah too easy yeah yeah. Uh, i hope that's what it's gonna be what if we just call it uh uh well what are some cool timelines in medieval time what like what are some in medieval like what are the like major events the black plague the mongol invasion of eastern europe okay uh the schism between the West and the East in terms of, like, the church. Yeah, the Orthodox Church that splits from the Roman Catholic Church. Um, that sounds interesting. Schism? No, that's not a good name. Something I'm trying to think of something that sounds like medieval, like uh, kingdoms, the kingdoms, or or medieval, medieval kingdoms, medieval life, medieval life simulator, medieval... I don't know. I'm kind of drawing blanks here, John. You got anything good? I was thinking about the word harvest. There is some harvesting in there, but that's not like the focal, the central focal point of the game. Yeah. The times are the lives of medieval, medieval lives. I'm leaning towards medieval lives so far. That's not bad. Medieval lives. Uh, survival, the harsh, I'm thinking like survival, harshness of medieval life. Middle Ages can be called Middle Ages. Life in the Middle Ages, Middle Ages Simulator, Middle Ages Life. No, let's go with Knights. That's not just about Knights, though. Yeah, but Knights something like the Knights of, or... Knights of Sidonia. Like <laughs> like the Knights Assistants, but a different word. A Squire? A Squire? What is a Squire? A Squire is a Knights Assistant. They're like the, they're like the, they're like the caddy boy to like a, like a golfer. They carry the knight's like equipment, his swords, his weapons. So knights and squires. Squires are like the like. That's a weird name for a game. The squires are the apprentice knights. They're not knights yet. Knights apprentice. That's a cool name. They're like the padawans to the Jedi. That's what a squire is. I go with knights apprentice. Knights apprentice. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of all inclusive, right? It just sounds good. Knights apprentice. Yeah, and we're talking about both. It gives you an idea of. I like it. I like it. Okay, who's 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 making this? Oh shit! Uh, so I'm very tempted to go with Firaxis again, because I feel like they would Firaxis. do. Yeah. Hmm. The same people who did your Frostpunk game. Is that Firaxis? I'm pretty sure you told me it was. I thought XCOM was Firaxis. Oh, I'm sorry. I get this confused. You're right. XCOM is Firaxis, which is 2K. Yeah, but we just gave it to XCOM. All right, all right. Okay, so I'm tempted to go with the same people who made Kingdom Come Deliverance, which is the game I, t- I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and that's War Horse Studios. Okay. 
They're very good at this time period. They're a Czech-based. Uh, they're from Czech, uh, Czech Republic. They're a Czech-based uh, game develop studio. Mm-hmm. So, who would do medieval better than some than the country that lived through it? Uh, from software. No, but see, from software's gameplay is very much the Soulsborne kind of games. Oh, man, this is, I wouldn't lend itself too well this for this. This is so tough because strategically, I wanted to give it to like Fair Axis. But, but we just did simulation. that. Simulation. Oh, who does the simulator games? Duh. Why didn't I think about that? I want to say that's Microsoft, actually. I could be wrong. Uh, oh, my, phone, my computer's super slow. Who does... Okay, we're going to look up uh, PC Building Simulator. That's my favorite one. Building Simulator. Who makes that game? Tell me who will... Uh, I'm not finding any answers, Johnny. It's from the Let's studio. Give it to Firaxis. Okay, the studio is called Irregular Corporation. That's funny. The Irregular Corporation is the are the ones who make all the simulator games. That's funny. They did PC build. They did a medieval one called Going Medieval. But what is it? What kind of game? I don't know. But that's a great title, going medieval. When you go medieval on somebody, you go medieval on their ass. That's pretty cool. Uh, in the world of going medieval, a dark age society is on its knees. At the end of the 14th century, 9% of the population has perished due to rampant something. Uh, going medieval is a new colony building sim. Oh, this is exactly what we're trying to do about helping a group of settlers survive during a deadly age of history. Construct a multi-story fortress in a land reclaimed by wilderness. Defend against raids and keep your villagers happy as their lives are shaped by the... This game's already made for us, Johnny. And it's called Going Medieval. And I can't believe we didn't think of that name because it's so good. Okay, we'll give it to the... No, they already did it. Okay. Just get it for Axis. Forget it. We're just going to give it to Rat for Axis. Okay. And our game was what they called Knights... Uh, Knights... Knights Apprentice. Knights Apprentice. Although Going Medieval... Oh, it's such a clever name. I love that. Knights Apprentice it is, Johnny. It's probably not going to do as well as Going Medieval, though. So, As soon as we release that game, it, it quickly becomes eclipsed by Going Medieval. So, Alright, Johnny. That was fun. Uh, I actually like the idea that we came up with, the premise and everything. But now I know there's actually a game based on it. Maybe I'll just buy the game and play it. <laughs> going Medieval sounds fun, honestly. I want to try that now. What year is it? Uh, I think it came out this year. Oh, shit. I closed the tab. Hold on. Let me look it up. I think it came out this year. Because I saw 2021. Uh, going Medieval release date. It came out. Yeah. came out June of this year. Hmm. And it's on Microsoft Windows and Linux. We've been preempting it. It's a real-time strategy indie game role-playing game simulation strategy. And it's, Damn. That's oh. everything we said. Yeah, yeah, it's on Steam, I guess, or Microsoft, uh, the Microsoft Store on Windows. Yeah, so. but I feel like we have a better premise. Twenty five dollars. It's on Steam for twenty five bucks. I might play this if I have a better computer. So, all right, guys. So, Johnny, we kind of reached the end of our episode. Do you have any last words before I do like the whole like Rick Morrell of like goodbye and this stuff? No. Again, you never do. You never do. I censor myself. You're you're pretty bad at it, honestly. <laughs> it's not too hard to figure out your views. I'll say that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Dual Sense podcast so far. Uh, we have been seeing some steady growth, a little drop off, but also some growth. Uh, clearly, there's people who just stop listening, but we also get new listeners, and I can tell because the drop off is kind of inconsistent, and the gain of new listeners is a little more consistent. So. 
Thank you, everybody who continues to listen to us. We really appreciate it. I know I do. I know Johnny does. And we hope to continue to, uh, you know, kill your time for you with the uh, news and our takes on stuff. That said, if you want to reach out to us, you want to comment on something we said, you have suggestions for maybe a segment or something where you want to just give us your opinion about something, please reach us at duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. That is, again, duosensepodcast, one word, at yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, which is duosensep, because I couldn't fit the word podcast, even though our cousin Joe says you, I could have. I don't believe him. duosensep at Twitter. You can reach us there. All right. So, Johnny, I think that's kind of the rigmarole. That's everything. Uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. So, peace. Goodbye.